what is going on in the food industry? What major problems does the food industry face today? Which solutions are already in development? Does one of these questions resonate with you? Then episode number 68 might be right for you. I would like to bring him or her a message, which is believe in your dreams and believe it's possible. You don't need to be in the US. You don't need to be in Europe for, for, for bringing your dreams to come true. If you think your solution is powerful, if you think your solution is different and it's innovative, then keep, keep, keep looking forward for the solution, maybe. This is episode number 68, in which I discuss questions like, this with Lina Toro and Mauricio Agudello, two entrepreneurs from Latin America. The recording happened in November 2021, and we were talking about the problems in the food industry, what solutions are already in development and coming to the market, Biotech's mission, why you should create a startup, and much, much more. In this episode, I present Biotech, which is a company in Colombia, and Biotech assists animal protein producers to improve productivity and profitability through precision nutrition, understanding their particular dietary needs. Analyzing them through a bioinformatics platform that uses artificial intelligence and supplying the next generation antibiotic-free additives that will facilitate performance to obtain the desired results. The CEO and co-founder of Biotech is Mauricio Agudello. He is a chemical engineer by training and has complementary studies completed in project management and tech management, business and finances. He has nine years of experience in biotechnology companies and is co-inventor of several patents and started two companies already. He is accompanied by his CFO, Lina Maria Toro. Lina Maria Toro has an MBA, nine years of experience in the financial industry and four years of experience in the biotechnological sector. She did complementary studies in digital marketing and is an accomplished leader in administrative and marketing processes. I hope you enjoy this episode the same way as I did. Welcome to a new episode of the Life Science Get Together podcast, Beginner's Mind. Today, I'm very happy to have two guests from, I would say from the Vienna perspective, Sunny uh, Colombia, Mauricio Agudello and Lina Toro, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christian. Thank you for having us here. Thank you so much, Christian, for having here. It's good to see you. How is the weather in uh, Colombia? Well, the weather is kind of rainy and it's uh, cloudy today. So it's not like the very sensational tropical weather you might have in your mind, but it's still it's an enjoyable temperature. Where are you located in uh, this beautiful country? We are located in in a region close to the second main city of the country. It's called Medellin. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of the mountains, and uh, it's yeah, it's always rainy and it's always very tropical weather. Warm sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's warm. <laughs> Yeah, it's, <laughs> in Vienna, it's a little bit cloudy, uh, snow, so we have uh, more wintry weather around zero degrees Celsius, and it's in the middle of the city. So it's, I think the view from your office is probably a little bit more um, beneficial 
than uh, my view where I just see the rooftops of Vienna. How is your how is the view from your office? Uh, full of mountains. Yeah, full of mountains, <laughs> full of cows, full of horses all over. We've decided to have our headquarters like in the middle of the of the like in the middle of farms and in the in, in the country part of, of the city. So yeah, you can see a lot of tropical birds all over, full over like full of color and flowers all over the place. It's very, very nice. It's, it's very nice to, to, to have like our office in this environment. And, and I, as Lina said, we took that decision to have our headquarters uh, in this place because this is a daily industry around us. The pork industry is rural, but with a high potential to grow. So one of the things that we have on our mind is to develop the regions not just the city. So yeah, part of the work we do through Vialtech is to push the industry in the rural sectors to everyone keep there and not to move to the city as is most common. If, if in case there you hear a dog barking, we really <laughs> sorry for that, but our neighbors are all full of dogs and, and we can't. Yeah. So... I'm- it's it's no problem. I like that. I like that. Uh, it gives a nice okay. fla- it gives a nice flavor to this podcast episode. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've tried to have like the closest dogs controlled, but you know, it's all full of dogs all over. So I believe that. Uh Mauricio Lina, we met at the uh IFIP, uh, European Forum for Industrial Biotechnology and the Bioeconomy in Vienna. How was the conference for you? Yeah. I, I think it was great uh, for us. We have been going to this uh, uh, fair for the last three years. Mm, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Part of the lockdown by the COVID, but before that, we we were dead because in 2019, we were selected for one of the most innovative startups in biotech by DSM and TU Delft, uh, uh, a validation lab they make a contest and we were one of the uh, finalists in that process. Uh, so we we met that uh, fair and we we really enjoyed the conference and the new topics that we can talk there and to you know, yeah the partnering with the potential investor and what is going in that field is very exciting for us. Lina, how was it for you? Well, actually, I'm not very technical. Uh, I'm a manager. So for me, it's like I need to understand a new language, to, to understand and learn new trends in the market and the different solutions that scientists bring to to different problems that maybe sometimes we don't even know that they're there. So it's quite interesting for me to to be in in this kind of events where where you can see a different. Uh, point of view of, of how the Europeans decide to solve several problems that we don't even consider in Latin America. So it's like the conscience level. And, and yeah, we have like, we, we have like a mission to bring all this message to Latin America and, and to tell them that, yeah, yeah, look, like this is real. This is a problem and it's coming and we have to think about our future and the future generations. So yeah, it's quite exciting for us. and, and Every time it's like knowing people from all over Europe, not like the 
always countries like Germany or, or Spain or, or France, but also from Austria, Lithuania, and, and Eastern Europe. It's very, very interesting to know that how you all guys are solving the, the common problems we all have. I completely agree to what you both are saying. I think it's a great idea to exchange ideas and talk about uh, problems. What do we have in common? Uh, where are differences? What are different point of views? What are common point of views? And bringing people together. I enjoyed especially the socializing part at the conference because it was the first one in two years that I attended. And what I learned at this conference, what I was absolutely not aware of, is that there is a lot going on in the food industry. So I'm coming from drug development, from with a pharma background, and for uh, food is food. So what innovation would you like to bring to food? Uh, I couldn't imagine that. And then came the conference, and uh, I saw many great things. And you started talking about problems, and I'm curious um, from your perspective. You know. Uh, South America, Latin America, you know, I think also North America and you travel to Europe. So you got a really great overview about the major problems in the food industry. And I'm curious, could you share a little bit uh, of your insight into this area? Yeah, well, the biggest problems we have is that we have to nourish the growth, the growing population with less, uh, with less, uh, how, how would you call it? Like, you have to produce more with less because there's not enough soil for, for or cultivatable cultivated land for 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 having these crops of of um, yeah to produce the grains and cereals yeah. that animal needs and human need to be nourished. So uh, this is a, a huge problem because population is growing and less resources are uh, unavailable. So yeah, and a few. Big companies are in charge of the whole nutrition, the entire nutrition of the entire uh, world. So some issues uh, come up like high density, for example. Yes, and when you have high density, you need extra food to support the tension of the boundaries. You are pushing the land. And it's, I think it's a consequence of the globalization world in the market. And so we need to create or to develop a new tools in order to support that uh, yeah, that extra effort over the land. And, and I think one, one of the biggest challenges of food industry for manufacturers because they most produce more food with their resources and healthier, cleaner, greener, and less processed. Uh, besides with a great test, it's such a big deal. Um, but if we talk uh, about particular problems in food industry, we must consider the production of animal protein. Uh, FAO has said the increase on the demand in 2050 to 70%, but we don't have enough arable land, cultivable land, to produce the grains and cereal we need to nourish everyone. So we must improve the efficiency and find alternative solutions. One of the most solutions to improve efficiency is the use of growth promoters, mainly antibiotics. However, the excessive abuse has increased global concerns 
related with the antimicrobial resistance, AMR. Uh, according with the WHO, AMR can kill more people than cancer in the near future. So, okay, one of the biggest challenges in the protein market it has, is how can we produce more meat, milk, and eggs to nourish the growing population with less resources and curb the AMR. Actually, this is one of the reasons why the use of antibiotics as growth promoters has been banned in the European Union and also in China last year. So um, here in Latin America, there's also beginning to have some certain regulations about the, the use of these antibiotics. And um, this is how we are, have like defined the problem in the food industry. Yeah, I can framed into big problems with efficiency and microbial resistance. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. So your findings are that there won't practically be enough uh, meat to feed the entire world population. And uh, I also think the switch from meat to vegan is not an option because you mentioned that there is not enough land already to produce uh, what's necessary to feed humans and animals. Um, yeah. Is this the right impression that I got? Yeah, yeah, it is. That's great. That's great. I mean, uh, I got a very narrow uh, overview uh, in a couple of days and meetings at the FIP. Uh, I'm very interested in hearing your opinion about uh, what solutions do you see on the market that tackle these problems? What's going on currently? Okay, we can... This is a complex problem and there are too many solutions from different point of views. I think all of them helps with the problem and we need to combine them to create a holistic solution. Uh, but we can mention those alternative protein sources mm -hmm. like insect protein, plant-based protein, uh, cultivated meat. But in our field, We are really focusing precision farming and precision agriculture. Mm. And that means when we talk about precision uh, farming, we need to talk about the new tools, the new technologies like artificial intelligence, big data, genomic revolution, CRISPR, and, and so on, metagenomics. Uh, all those technologies help us to set the problem and to solve it in more specific way. We were mentioned before that there are not enough uh, arable land to produce the grains, but how many ways or how many uh, feces producing the animals without be processed or, or convert into meat? So if we understand better the function of the, for example, microbiome or microbiota and how this variable uh, plays a role into the growing of the animal, we can be more efficient in the meat production and create circular economies and reduce the uh, greenhouses, greenhouses, green gases, yeah. and, and, and so on. So that is what we see. 
It's good to have you here on this uh, podcast episode. I just realized that they really have a lot of blind spots in that area. So uh, before this conference, it was just, yeah, food is food. And uh, I can buy it somewhere in the, at the store. And uh, after I met you at the conference, I realized that there is uh, a lot of things that can be optimized and that you have uh, great ideas, especially what you mentioned, Mauricio. Also, I was uh, absolutely not aware that these uh, technologies that you mentioned, big data, uh, can be used beneficial also in the food industry for nourishing the animals, also artificial intelligence. And this brings me to the point and the question, what is your company building? What is your focus point in that industry? Okay, what we are, what we are doing in, in Bialtech is, is being part of this farming precision. Uh, more specific, we can be classified as the precision farming, and we are setting a revolution focusing transforming the animal nutrition uh, through the four business units. The first one is microbiome and fermentation. Mm -hmm. That means we want to pro, uh, we are working in production of new probiotic strain that can remodel the microbiome of the animals. So that is the first business unit. The second one is microencapsulated precision feed additives. So this is more the focus of Bialtech. Uh, and we are talking about the specific formulation to go directly to the gut of the animals and make this change that I mentioned before. But we need to protect them, protect them against the thermal, digestive, and storage processes. So, yeah, it's something that must be easier to apply in the field. And the third uh, business unit is more specific precision farming. We call Turing AI. And, and it's focusing precision diets. That means... Uh, where is the relationship or the links between among all of different variables like yeah, nutrients, feed additives, but also management, environmental condition, and so on, and how this uh, data we can create our predicted models to optimize the growth of the animals. So that is what we do with uh, precision farming with Turing AI. And, and, and I think uh, it's, it's a, a more holistic approach to the problem. And at the end, we have the four business units, who is production of meat, free of antibiotics, and free of uh, AMR genes. So... This is so important. We are established in a joint venture with a meat producer uh, to have this showroom farm because we want to show everyone that the revolution is possible and that we can produce cleaner meat uh, free of these antimicrobial resistant genes uh, in a circular economy with more benefits than uh, more investment, and that is a key of what we are doing. Uh, all those four units are part of ATG, who is Animal Tech Group, and is a, a holding we are building to approach the problem from a broader perspective. It's very interesting. I like this um, 
the term that you use precision farming and um, just popped up the other term in my mind uh, precision nutrition how does it work exactly uh, can you uh, explain it a little bit more uh, yeah. what's the difference uh, in feeding the animal before using your solution and with your solution what's the uh, what are they doing exactly in that area yeah um, can i say the nutritional or the sub technicians they were Teach. Uh, they were talk with uh, to understand what are the needs of the animals according with the weight of the animal, the age of the animals. So they have these needs of energy and the needs of protein of nutrients. And some equations, some curves were built with this information many years ago. Now uh, we know that in the farm, the animals grow at different rates, not as we predicted with the equation that we uh, yeah, knew before. So now we know that there are other variables involved in this, but these variables uh, plays uh, complex roles in the growing of the animals. So for human intelligence is not uh, sufficient to understand the complexity between all those variables. So now we have artificial intelligence. We are understanding very big data. We are understanding uh, yeah, the learning, machine learning. And with those uh, tools, we can um, create new algorithms to optimize to optimization or to optimize, sorry, to optimize the growing of the animals. So these new technologies help us to make a precision nutrition. And this is the key for the future because it will help to reduce the use of resources and to reduce the waste in the meat production. Uh, I think in the future, the new cell technicians, they need to understand the role, for example, the microbiome in the growing process and the other variable that I mentioned before. And we need to develop new softwares who help them to create better formulation according with the location, with the particular condition, of the farm uh, with the particular condition yeah, of the meat production. It's very interesting to me. I heard, um, I read HelloFresh is a um, uh, German company and um, they basically deliver food. So online and they have a nice mission. Their model is um, they deliver food boxes to the house and everybody can, uh, they get a recipe with a recipe, a food box with a recipe and people learn to cook again at home. And when I was looking on their website, they have a very nice mission. They say they want to deliver high quality food at affordable prices to everybody. And when I hear your solution that you are presenting, um, and I connect this to, I would say that your approach, when you start feeding the animals and you have a lot of measure points in the value chain, that you have the possibility to remodel the entire value chain that you make the animals, uh, let's say healthier, you give them more uh, nourishing uh, food and optimize that alongside so that at the end of the day, 
uh, the quality of the meat uh, increases tremendously. Is that the right perspective that I get? Yeah, but it's not only for meat. It also includes milk and eggs and yeah. fish. It's like for all these solutions. But yeah, but you are right. And even I, I think if we can understand uh, that is something that we are already doing, uh, the microbiome and the correlation with the uh, productivity, the growing, um, then we can understand also what is the precision nutrition for human. Because at the end, it's not that uh, bad food, good food is the balance between, yeah, it's, uh, it's the pain of the lifestyle you have, the needs of energy you, you have uh, according with your lifestyle and, and the balance is the key. And understand, yeah, for sure, the composition of what you're eating, uh, what kind of protein, what kind of carbohydrates, what kind of fat, what kind of, yeah, uh, vitamins and so on, uh, is something important. But also it's important to understand what kind of additives are you using to um, cultivate a specific microbiome, a specific microbiota, a specific group of bacteria who help us to absorb better uh, nutrients and to keep healthy. Uh, I don't know, but if you know, uh, microbiome has the 70% of the immunity in a, in a mammal. So yeah, in the gut, we produce a lot of uh, uh, immunity. <laughs> And that is, that is something important. For example, we have uh, trials in field, in the farm, uh, with farm that have been using antibiotics as growth promoters and the other, the treatment, this is the control with antibiotics and the treatment is without antibiotics, just with feed additives that we produce, probiotics, microencapsulated probiotics. And, and, and we can see Genes, uh, antimicrobial resistant genes in the control group with antibiotics, but in the other group with probiotics, mm, less amount of antimicrobial resistant genes. And, and then when, uh, infection take advantage in the farm, the animals with the high antimicrobial resistant genes is more difficult the treatment because they already have these resistance but in the other hand the treatment with probiotics is more efficient so yeah for i can tell you uh, we have uh, trials where the mortality in the uh, antibiotics group is 3.5% but in our group is just 0.5% and that difference in mortality is uh, is as much uh Everything is breaking down a wall because uh, everybody thinks that if you are using antibiotics in a small amount, um, you are improving the immunity of the animals. But now we know that is not is not correct at certain point because they develop these AMR genes, and in the other, in the other case, they don't develop these uh, genes. So the infection can be treated more efficiently if we use just natural or biotechnical additives as we are producing. 
besides the feed conversion rate, for example, which is more efficient also because the animals with the probiotics can take more nutrients from the feed. So they eat less and they and they convert into more protein. So it, at, at the end, it's all uh, it's a, it's all about pro, uh, profits, like economical profits at the end. So you will be producing more meat or more eggs or more milk with less amount of feed. And that will be cheaper, the production costs. And we have also several uh, field trials which demonstrates the, 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 the increase in the incomes due to the lower costs in the production. I mean, I like, I like, I like both approaches because, um, they tackle two problems. So one problem still that we have in the world is poverty. And this is why I mentioned the, the head of fresh mission, uh, to bring, uh, healthy food to, or to make healthy food available for everybody, uh, at low cost. So what you're doing basically, uh, meets this demand that we make, uh, food healthier and more affordable. And the second thing I liked from what you're saying is that, uh, indeed, I mean, there's a lot of discussion, uh, in the healthcare system about, about the role of the microbiome and, uh, uh, when it comes to immunity, what effects a healthy or unhealthy microbiome has. And there are a lot of funds who are investing in that. Like, for example, the venture from Paris, France that started, uh, with that already 10 years ago. In my world, I always saw it like, uh, yeah, you can measure it. You can, uh, recommend how to change it to, to people when they go to the doctor. And after what you said, Mauricio and, uh, Lina, uh, I had the thought that it really starts with what people put in their mouths. So, um, basically when they eat, uh, let's say a low quality meat, probably it has an effect also on the microbiome. I'm not a doctor, so I'm just guessing. And this is guesswork here. Um, <laughs> but yeah. when, I just uh, try to be a little bit creative without giving any health advice. It sounds to me like uh, you can start measuring the effects of animal nutrition in animals with uh, your solution. And in an ideal world, if we expand that, then you can start connecting your insights with the insights of the healthcare system and start connecting the dots uh, on high level and probably also with blockchain technology to really make uh, the data secure and uh, uh, also being able to really uh, analyze the whole data flow from the development of diseases in humans to the beginning of the value chain, the nutrition that animals get. Do you do you think this is a possibility in the future that we do that? Mm. <laughs> could be, could be, could be part. I, I think we need to connect all the other Ducts, like yeah, the other nutrients that humans uh, are are um, consumed are consuming. Uh, so, so that is important. I think it's part, but yes, uh, in animal nutrition, we can control more the nutrition of the animal and the lifestyle of the animal. Mm -hmm. In human, human, there are more variables involved, so it's more chaotic. But yeah. I think uh, in the future, we could understand much better the lifestyle and the precision equation in order to be more healthier people or to help healthier people. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business 
or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. It's amazing. Did you, I mean, there is this other movement. It's um, especially when you listen to podcasts from the United States, they talk a lot about uh, organic food, organic nutrition, and uh, properly fed animals. Uh, Does that play a role also in your decision model, in your company model? Yeah, actually, we have like a like mantra in our in our company, which is look the the sentence said by Hippocrates that is let your be let your health let food be your medicine and medicine be your food exactly. So this is like this defines what we're going to do every day in our in our in our schedules. Like what we're aiming with our efforts is going to bring good food to everyone's dishes like we want everyone all over the world to have good food of good quality and and uh, we need the animals to be as healthy and they have to to uh, to have as much welfare as possible that's that's great that's a great idea i like it that's a really really great vision and mission and uh, i think it's uh, attributed also to hippocrates what you said uh let's uh food be the medicine and medicine be the food. So I really loved that. I really loved that. Um, we are talking about big trends. So we mentioned artificial intelligence. We mentioned big data, genomics revolution. Are you aware of other trends that are currently going on in the food industry that, uh, that you can light up my blind spots a little bit more? <laughs> um, yeah. I think... Uh, metagenomics, uh, microbiome, artificial intelligence, but also, yeah, as you mentioned before, organic food, less processed food, mm-hmm. superfood, that food can nourish more efficiently. Yeah. Uh, there are trends in the food industry. Uh, circular economies also impact the the production of food is very important and and i think uh, yeah for example some interesting fact is that in the last 20 years the meat consumption has increased 58 percent really yeah is it you can eight percent 58 yeah fire yeah this increase is due to both to the growing world population and to the higher consumption per person. Uh, but, you know, something 85% of the increase in the world meat consumption it was mainly due to developing countries, mm-hmm. including China. Because, for example, in China, people were, were vegetarian, not, just, not because they wanted to, but, be, but because they couldn't afford a piece of animal protein. Now that they're they're wealthier and then they uh, that they are having like more capacities for 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 paying for more expensive money, so they're starting to have at least one piece of meat per day. So this is one of the reasons why the this there's this is increase in the meat consumption, right? So 
And it's also happening, it's happening also in Latin America that people is starting to having the option to afford the, the first piece of meat or, or, or a glass of, of milk for the first time in their lives. So this is the reason why the, the consumption is increasing. Despite there's a lot of vegan or, in, or insect protein alternatives, it's like we all have to be mixed as solutions in the market because there's a lot of people that we have to, to, to feed and, and and there's a lot of 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 good of good quality uh, elements that we have to to give to all over the world. I, I like this idea. I think with the modern technology and also the connectedness of the world through the internet, it's possible the first time that we have this uh, conversation on a global scale to solve uh, many problems uh, in, in all countries of the world and. Uh, Give proper access to food to everybody. I mean, this is a this is a right solution. I'm curious. I mean, um, I started in the 90s um, uh, with let's say the the problems we had back then. Uh, is are there many people like uh, like you in, in your country and also what you met uh, your age group that uh, are interested in creating a sustainable environment uh, globally? Is that a, a major trend also in uh, the population currently that you observe when you are talking to other people? Yeah, I think people has the the feeling, but they need more knowledge mm -hmm. to understand the problem because it's a huge problem. So yeah, they want to, but they need more uh, knowledge. And I think it's part of the globalization world. People start focusing in, in uh, specific problems and they uh, put away uh, the root or the basis that is, for example, food, and to understand what is the economy related with that. So, yeah, everybody wants better food, but not everybody uh, wants to understand what is the process behind that and what is the science behind that. But, yeah, everybody wants that everything is going to be better. So it means we still need to do some work to raise awareness uh, for this area, that it's a very yeah. important one uh, globally. And maybe the podcast helps a little bit to to do the job, to get the right uh, message out. Um, I was talking about the 90s. Let's go to the next uh, next set of questions. I mean, when I was on the uni at the university, it was pretty much straightforward, uh, get a degree very quickly and then find a job in a big corporation and you work up the career ladder until you hit your 50s and eventually you will get fired and then it's the right point in time to start a company before you retire so that you make a little bit of money that you can spend the last 20 years of your life uh, let's say with sufficient resources um Now I realize uh, it was here in Austria started, I think, my world around 2010 that uh, more and more young people uh, had the dream, like what's quite common in the United States, like as I learned. Uh, also young people here had the dream to start a company right after graduating or before graduating. And um, I'm curious to hear from, from you too, what motivated you both to decide to found a company not very close to retirement but earlier in life was what was your decision point stay with us we'll be right back 
Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Mm-hmm. Interesting questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think all my life I have been a, a very curious about science. I am chemical engineer, and, and one of the things that I love to study chemical engineering is because I can understand better the processes involved in everything: the chemical process, physical process, biological processes. So, yeah, that was something in science. Uh, that really pushed me to to start, and also I love to make sports uh, all my entire life. So I very uh, trying to find a connection between what I eat and what the exercise that I uh, do, and find the balance between uh, those topics. And then I had been thinking deeper and uh, superior purpose in my life, what, what I want to tell in the world. And, and we have a superior purpose, which is transforming the animal nutrition to precision farming, precision additives, and precision agriculture. So when you have that call inside, the best way to follow your faith is making that happen. Uh, that is the reason why I founded Bialtech first, and now that is the reason we are founding Animal Tech Group, uh, yeah, it's an holistic company. And in my case, Christian, uh, I was kind of, uh, I had a different story to tell because I actually, when I finished my university, I started working in a big corporation, like in the financing uh, bank, like in the biggest bank in Latin America. And uh, I was there for nine years and I discovered that I had very limited options by staying in the, in the big corporations who, who would believe that like they have all the money you, you need, they have all the options, but yet you have, you, you cannot, you, you, you cannot reach your, your personal goals when you think globally, you know? So uh, I just decided to, to to quit my job and and start like Mauricio was talking about a uh, superior purpose. Mine was is to I was a Girl Scout when I was a kid, so I always I was raised with with a with a with a thought of you have to leave the world in a better situation of how you found it. So I I, I wasn't finding the the way I could do it by working in a bank, you know. So I had to 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 be brave and I had to take the decision and, and I start to, and I just came here to this roller coaster of, uh, of emotions and situations that will bring us the possibility, the possibility to bring our superior purpose into our reality. I'm, 
I'm other worried. thing that, that I want to to <laughs> mention is I think the new the new generation are more conscious about the role in the life. And yeah, we need to take the control of our lives and try to make a a change in the world. And uh, we believe in that. So if we believe that we can make a, a change, uh, go for it and and let's do it. And and it's very exciting, as Lina mentioned, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. And, and but it takes a lot of good moments and good knowledge and good experience that's not only one that are many sound visions i'm deeply impressed so <laughs> just uh, i'm still digesting what you said and i really like uh, your statement lena that you said uh you aim for leaving the world in a better state than you found it and mm -hmm. i think this is a great attitude and also mauricio i mean, I mean if i understood it right maybe i didn't uh, listen closely enough, but I got the message that you started one company and now you're in the process already started a second company. Did I, did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We we started with Bialtech and, mm. and even Bialtech is the second startup we create. We already created another one before yeah. to produce a glucose from cassava starch. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we used to make hydrolysis, enzymatic hydrolysis to produce sugars from starch. We sold that company some years before, mm -hmm. and we started with Bialtech, focusing feedabilities, in precision feedabilities. Now we are selling in Colombia our feedabilities, yeah, mainly pork and, and pet food. Uh, our probiotics, our microcapsulated probiotics. But now uh, with this uh, diving into this market, we understand that we need more holistic vision. And that is the reason that we are creating Animal Tech Group uh, and is try to, to establish a more complex uh, company that uh, approach uh, to the different problems that we are mentioned before. And that means that Vialtech will be focused on feed additives and microencapsulated feed additives, but Turing AI will be focusing uh, artificial intelligence software to understand better other combination. And we have the other one focused on fermentation, production of probiotics and new strains. And the other one is the production of meat free of antibiotics. So yeah, it's uh, the four business units that I mentioned before are part of Animal Tech Group and Bialtech will be part of this uh, holding. That's very, that's, that's amazing. So you are not only identifying problems uh, and go down in the direction to start complaining and say, okay, I mean, uh, this and that person created the problem. You're really doing, really doing it. You are creating solutions and at scale. So not only one solution, so you see a problem, you solve it. I really like that. This is a, this is a great attitude. I think uh, you have a good chance to really make the world a better place with your attitude. You should keep that up, um, even if sometimes the going gets tough. I really like that. Um, Thank you. Now I'm deeply, I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. I'm deeply impressed. Um, talking about uh, starting companies, so you are 
both proficient in doing that and also jumping from big corporations into the exciting world of, world of startups, which I know from experience is not always easy. And there are a lot of challenges um, around the corner and uh, on the way. Um, I'm here in Europe and I have an audience um, in the podcast that is uh, about 30% in North America. Then we have about uh, 40%. 50% in Europe and the remaining part all over the world. Uh, I'm pretty sure that part of the audience is interested in connecting to the startup ecosystem in your country and also in Latin America. And I perceive you two as uh, the best experts in my community about the situation in uh, uh, the startup ecosystem in Colombia. And also maybe we can talk a little bit the, uh, about the startup ecosystem in other countries in Latin America. Could you give us uh, more insights in that area? Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Yeah, I can say that the most relevant startups in Latin America are those related with technology. <clears throat> Latin America still lacks Asia, Europe, and United States in terms of volumes of tech and biotech startups. However, the widespread and increasing use of a smartphone, wireless networks, and payments card has created a ready demand for new digital services. So this is pushing new tech startups in Latin America in general. Even the investment in Latin America in the first nine months of 2021 for a startup has increased 174% from all 2020. It's about 15 billion US dollar, uh, the investment in Latin America and new uh, unicorns uh, are rising, even from Brazil, of course, uh, and also Chile, Colombia, even Colombia has two uh, new unicorns uh, from delivery and technology. I think that is a, a, another important thing. Uh, in the history of the world, we have the first revolution, the second revolution, industrialization. And at the beginning, we are a developing countries. And we say, okay, we need to leave the same process, first revolution, second, third, and fourth. But now the globalization uh, give a shortcut because we can jump from the second uh, revolution yeah, yeah. to the fourth one. So, <clears throat> It's impressive, very impressive, very amazing because we have some startups that are jumping directly to the yeah to the IPOs and listing in the US. So that's great for Latin America. Now there is a kind of boom 
of Latin America. So that is very important. For instance, uh, Rodrigo Maldonado is an executive director at Morgan Stanley in Brazil. And he said that companies in the region have matured uh, in the last five years. And now he thinks there will be likely be between two and three IPOs by the next year in Europe from Latin America. So that is great for us. And another important topic or thing with Latin America is the region, as region produces 14% of the world's food into the world, according to Bloomberg, and has only 9% of the worldwide population. So this region holds a, a few of the freshwater resources and, and even it has a high potential of agriculture. The more arable lands are located, uh, available arable lands are located here in Latin America. So a huge potential to become a, a pantry world uh, is Latin America and is something that very important to nourish the future. Um, but we need, of course, to develop the technology and to connect the communities uh, to be able to become in, in that country that the world needs. If there's only student from this podcast that is from Latin America and thinking about in a biotechnological solution, uh, I would like to bring him or her a message, which is believing your dreams and believe it's possible. You don't need to be in the U.S. You don't need to be in Europe for 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 bringing your dreams to come true. If you think your solution is powerful, if you think your solution is different and it's innovative, then keep 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 looking forward for the solution. Maybe. Maybe in Latin America, there are some people and there's some, and there's, yeah, maybe the government or, or whatever, they're not prepared already for the solutions you, you have, but it doesn't mean that your solution is not working. It just means that it's not the right country. Then look for the solutions and, and bring, it's like what we're doing is we have to, we, we've been traveling like all over the world, talking about our solutions and, 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 and talking about our dreams or talking about the way we're bringing uh, the solutions to the problems in the market. And the world has listened to us. And we've been, and we've been growing a lot. For example, this year, we've grew, we grew like three, four times in our sales uh, due to the, to the campaign we've been doing all over the world, like in the, in the, in the solutions we're bringing. And yeah. And yeah, of course, local government is helping us, is supporting us, but there's a lot of things to do still in, in Latin America. When I began in this startup, for me, it was kind of, uh, what, how would you say, like weird to, to talk about biotech in, in, in Colombia. But then after you get really into this subject, you discover that there's a lot of people which are also bringing biotech solutions for different uh, things in, which are happening all over the world. And we need to believe in our, in, our, in our greatness. We need to believe that we are the same capable as an European or North American or, or Indian or Chinese to bring a solution to the world.
you have an amazing spirit, you too. I really liked it. So this message, <laughs> is, this is awesome. Uh, keep on fighting. Keep fighting for what you believe in. And uh, you have the world uh, open today. I mean, the internet is a great solution. So you can reach out uh, to anybody from everywhere in the world and people are listening. And this is really great words. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you for inviting us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's good to have you here. Um, you mentioned that uh, fighting and that you need to move forward. Um, how is the reality for startups in Latin America? What are the pain points that you face that uh, you believe uh, investors from the United States and Europe can help help solve? Yeah, for sure. Uh, developed countries as the resources to bust the innovation in Latin America and in these developing countries. As Lina said before, we have the uh, skills. Uh, we need to work more in, in a group, as a group, uh, together. I think it's, it's something that we need to keep improving. But for sure, we need to... Uh, we need that Europe and US keep looking at us and see the possibilities to make a big change in the world. Uh, so that is so important and is one of the reasons that we are uh, moving abroad and traveling uh, around the world, uh, finding potential uh, investors who want to join us in this journey to change the uh, way that we produce meat right now. And, and even is one of the reasons that we, we, we are uh, setting up our business in the Europe. Europe is a more major market in a reduction of antibiotics as growth promoters. So they know better uh, how is to produce meat uh, with less antibiotics as growth promoter. And, and we have data that prove that we can do better with the additives that we have. That is something that, okay, we need to be there and to, and to show what, we're, what, what we are doing. And on the other hand, we need to keep um, we need to keep overcoming the challenges here in the Latin America to proving everyone that we can produce better meat in more efficient way. We have uh, land, we have resources, and we need more technology, and it's something that we want to bring here. Yeah, we, it's like in Europe, or for example, in the United States or Canada. Uh, there's a lot of, of technology and there's a lot of budget. And here we have a lot of resources. Like we have found the strengths of each area and we want to mix them all to, 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 to add the options to develop a sustainable solution, which is going to be an, in a long-term impact, which is what we are looking for. And this is why we're in, in inviting international investors to, to participate in this initiative. Yeah, let me tell you something. <laughs> For a Latin America biotech startup, it's not easy at all to go to the huge company and say, okay, we have a solution that can replace their solution from European or North American companies uh, and, and to prove that we have 
a more specific technology for this particular condition like tropical weather and so on, uh, overcome those challenges to set our credibility, it takes uh, time and a lot of effort. Uh, but for example, this year was a, a great year for us because it's three years after we launched the, the fossil feed line, who is our line of probiotics microencapsulated, and we could reach a break even. And as Lina said before, it grew 3.5 times respect to last year. And, and we are in a accelerated process to, to keep conquer the local market and to expand to the closer countries like Chile, Mexico, and other countries here. And for sure, we will start in with the EFSA certification in Europe, who is a, a, a process, a tough process, but we, we do. And, and we hope in two years to have the certification in our hands. Sound success stories. So you have uh, tremendous growth. You found uh, you're in the process of founding your third company, and uh, if I got it right, you also have plans to establish operations here in Europe. Um, did I hear that correctly? So you are doing it basically. You're moving uh, forward at uh, hyper speed. Elon Musk should watch out. <laughs> <laughs> what, are your, what are your plans for Europe? And our plans for Europe, uh, we were winners of this contest in 2019, but uh, DSM is a fidelity company. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Tudel. And now they have this uh, company builder called Planet Bio. There is a place in the Netherlands to uh, soft landing. Uh, start operation there. Uh, I think is is suit for us. Uh, we are keep looking in other parts in Germany, in in France, even in Spain. And it's most likely we will be there in Planet Bio in the Netherlands, uh, establish our operation. Uh, the first uh, part we want to do is to go for the EFSA certification. But at the same time, we have a patent, a PCT of microencapsulation technology. We already uh, apply in file in uh, European Union and also in USA. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are looking for potential um, clients or partners to make alliances and and see how is the best work to work together and, and is what we are looking for. We want to be with the leaders in the market and to talk to them. We already are talking with DSM, Ebonic, Nutreco, Alterion. So yeah, that is amazing for us. And we know that we have something valuable here, something with high value. Uh, we keep uh, working in that in Europe. Another reason why we're in Europe is because 
on the technology development and, and, and like all these uh, agreements you can make with different research groups and and so on that could help us to like you say like like get into the faster lane to 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 reach all the technical results that the market expects from us if we stay here in latin america that's not going to happen as fast as we want so we have to 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 move like our scientific operations to 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 europe or us okay that's in, that's interesting <clears throat> um let's let's assume that um you could um put a wish to Uh, let's say a fairy and uh, de describe your ideal partner that would help you the most right now. How would the ideal business partner look like? Oh my God. <laughs> the ideal. So I, I think in, in a perfect in, world. Yeah. In, in a perfect world. In a perfect world. Okay. First, uh, I think we need to have the same purpose, the same high purpose. Uh, to believe that we can transform this uh, the way that we produce animal protein right now uh, the patient because this is not an easy solution it takes time and biotech takes time and yeah we combine uh, artificial intelligence but also uh, biotechnology so it need to take some times uh, but also Uh, I can say that he needs to be connected with the animal nutrition market in order to bust our growing. Um, and if we can connect well, he can be less patient because we can reach our <laughs> our goals uh, faster. Um, but in, on the other hand, uh, Yeah, we need someone to to understand better uh, his position. Is is he was going to be just an investor, or his is he is going to be a partner who works with us and understand the dynamics uh, of the business and all these challenges that we need to overcome every day. So yeah, is what we. But in general. Um, something that make much with us yeah and i would add that he or she must understand that they're not investing in latin america but in a global solution yeah yeah that is that is super key because we are a global startup uh, yeah we are founded here in in, in latin america but we'll be there in europe uh, uh, too soon and and we we want to become a global startup then we will be in Asia, US, and we are moving around the world because the solution and the technology we have is changing things. So so in case it resonates with an investor or business partner or corporation that listens to the podcast, if I understood you right, uh, you're open to uh, investments in Latin America, in your current company, but also in setting up operations here in Europe so that also investors could invest in a European entity. Yeah. 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 That's great That's news. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually settling our operations in the Netherlands in, the, in January 2022. So it's for sure it's European investor, if they don't want to like take the risk of bringing their money to Latin America, then they can invest in our headquarters in the Netherlands yeah, well, next year. I, 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 we, call, 
second floor startup company. Mm -hmm. uh, the first floor uh, is the operation that we already uh, doing here in Colombia. We are increasing sales and we are expanding to the region. So it is the, the operation part. But in the second floor, who is more a strategic vision, uh, we will establish our headquarters in, in Europe. And from there, we can uh, management all the business unit in, in Latin America and also in Europe and also in the other parts. In Asia. Also. In Asia, yeah. Asia is a huge market. Is the 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 hugest the hugest market. I believe that I believe that, that Asia is a pretty big, big market. I wouldn't necessarily say that investors won't invest in Latin America because of the risk. Uh, as far as I understand the investment world, European funds very often have the regulation. Uh, they have set up their funds in a way that they allocate about 90% of their investment capital in Europe. It's just uh, their regulations that they apply uh, to. And if you create a company here in Europe, you just... Uh, maximize the possibility for investors to invest in your story. So you tap in 100% of the investment capital. And when you just have uh, your entity in Colombia, then uh, people must be aware that they narrow down their options to 10%. So the remaining parts that can be allocated outside Europe, I think the same pretty much applies, I think, in, to funds, to, to many funds in North America uh, that just have the regulations. So it's, um, it's just the, the way they play the game. Yeah. Yeah, yes. you're right. Mm -hmm. So just assuming that one business partner or more business partners after listening to this podcast would like to reach out to you, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Well, they can contact through our personal emails, which are I don't know if you can write it in the in the in the podcast uh, description or something because. I would say mauricio.agudelo at bialtech.co or uh, lina.toro at bialtech.co or they can look us look for us on LinkedIn, like our, our company profile is Biotech, or, or you can look for us on like our personal profiles on LinkedIn and then we can keep in touch. Uh, yeah, that would be like the way if you think. The easy, yeah. yeah, the easier one. That's great. Just say, sorry, just say that you you contact us through through this podcast because otherwise it will like like hello yeah we do receive sometimes some emails from from foreign uh, VCs that say that they're interested in invest, investing in our in our initiative but it's like who are you I don't know you like I've never met you before mm -hmm. and it's kind of weird to receive those kind of miles. So, so it will, I will, I will be really grateful if you just say, I, I just heard you a podcast from life science and, and, and I wanted to keep in touch with you. Then thanks a lot. That's an entire new topic, but I like talking about it. Uh, yes, I realized that the world is connected through the internet. And the great thing is you can reach out to everybody, but sometimes when you don't know a person, it's like, Is that real <laughs> or is it just uh, yeah, just fake yeah. mail? And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it happens very often. So it's like, um, I don't know. I don't know if I should answer this email, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is a good point because uh, when people mention at least where they saw you or heard you, 
it helps probably building a little bit credibility on the other side that uh, this is a real opportunity and not one of those mails that I get uh, recently in higher frequency, but I just say, okay, we have a great investment opportunity, send us your email address and we get in touch or something like that. Um, it, it, it's, it's really a good idea. I was not aware of that, Lina. Lina, Mauricio, would you like to add something that we missed in this podcast? Mm, nothing comes to my mind. What about no, you? No, no. I think it was a great conversation with you. Thank you so much for having us here. I really enjoy it. Thank you very much for your time and that you participate in the podcast. I really like your story and I love your spirit. And keep that up, keep moving forward and keep making the world a better place. I think uh, if there are more young people like you, definitely we end up at a better spot in future. Yes, thank, thank you, you Christian. So Christian, for your kind words. <laughs> Have a great day and thank you very much. Stay safe. Bye. Okay, bye, bye you too. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.